0: We are the Riverside chapter of the Messengers of Recovery. We have chapters in Southern California and Arizona. We're a bunch of guys that either rode with the devil or chased him. We're the kind of guys that if you saw us in a crowd, you would think that if he can get sober, then so can I. We decided to throw our chip into the hat and talk about our recovery in the hopes that you can learn from this podcast that you don't have to use or drink even if you want to. We are not A-A-N-A-C-A-S-A, and no one is from the damn D-A. Once a week, we hope to bring you the message of recovery from speakers, panels, interviews, and sometimes just a meeting. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to our webpage, www.riversidechaptermor.com. There you can listen to the podcast, ask questions or comments in our forum section, Browse our support recovery t-shirts, or just find out a little bit more about us. That's www.riversidechaptermor.com. In
1: honor of a fallen brother named Taz from the Messengers MC, we'd like to present this podcast over again. Right in paradise, brother. Hey, hello. My name's Bill, and I'm an addict. Uh, my I clean date it. is... June 30th, 2008, and just to clear a couple of things up at the beginning, I go to meetings in both fellowships. When I'm in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, I identify as an alcoholic. When I'm in a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, I identify as a addict, and, and it's not an anda or both. It's one or the other because I respect our fellowships. I started using it at a young age. Um, it was for fun, and it was to escape the life that I had. You know, my parents were divorced, my mom was a bartender, there wasn't a lot of adult supervision. It was just one of those things, you know, and alcohol and, and marijuana were a fun a fun start sometime after that. And this this, this started in <clears throat> in junior high and seventh grade for me, the summer from going from sixth grade into seventh grade and, and you know, again it was just recreational at the time and it affected my grades, it affected my school work. Um, I'd start off the school year you know doing really well getting good grades and by the end of the year i didn't care and you know home life was not pleasant so i'd want to escape that and you know it carried on through high school um somewhere through the middle of my senior year i decided that that i knew better than than the parents and uh went with some friends and and i i'm I'm native san diegan um but i moved with some friends up to idaho and it was great during the summer but then you know it snowed and december came and and i don't like the cold and and the first chance i had to get back to california i came back and that was 81 and and when i got back you know my parents were like you know you you, you thought you could live on your own well go ahead go live on your own so i ended up couch surfing at friend's house for for a while and uh, at some point you know it went from from alcohol and marijuana and, and black beauties and 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 christmas trees to cocaine and then and then uh some crystal and and when i found crystal i found the love of my life you know and again it, the the using was recreational but it it didn't take long before it was it was a have to use you know to to get through life and um i never really had good jobs or anything like that i'd, I'd work with my grandfather uh, he had a landscape company and, and I did gardening and stuff like that. And wake up when you feel like it, go to work if you feel like it, kind of irresponsible life for the longest time. Cinco de, I, I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but there are some dates that, that stick out with me that, that I just can't forget. Um, and it was Cinco de Mayo, 1991. And a friend of mine and I had just scored some dope and we were headed back to, back to the house. And we were going the back way to get there because we wanted to stay off the main roads, blah, 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 blah. And he's driving and we're going down this hill and it's a speed trap at the bottom and cop had us on radar and pulled us over. And, you know, we had narcotics. You know, our narcotics, he could tell we were loaded. I don't know how he spotted a bag of dope in the car and asked us to get out and, you know, did the whole deal. We went downtown to jail for a while. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have a big prison and jail story i have some overnights in county jail i have a couple days here a couple of days there but for this particular case because of the amount of dope that we had on us they wanted to charge charge me with possession with intent and yada 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 and they wanted to give me a year and and so i took a deal they sent me to what used to be camp barrett it's a men's honor camp out in east county here in san diego and it was a adult facility you couldn't go to school and get your GED during the week and then you'd have to go out on work camps on Saturdays and and, uh, because I didn't finish high school I was able I was eligible for that and I'm grateful that I took that opportunity to to get my GED because it would come to benefit me later in life but I had a four-month sentence and doing county time it's always half time so I did two months out there and I got out and uh, I had a uh, intake with with the probation officer and he was asking me questions about my using and you know, I talked about it just being recreational and, you know, not all the time and I only use a little bit. Being in denial the whole time. Looking back, I was just in denial about it the whole time. And when we got done, as probation officer told me, he goes, It sounds like you're a good candidate for this new pilot program that the county's gonna be running and it's called Probationers in Recovery. And I'm like, Okay, what's that? I had never heard of recovery, right? My mom's a bartender. There there was no mention of AA or or any other programs in our house growing up, and and I hadn't heard of Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous until this time. And and what it was, it was a six-month program. I'd have to go to groups three times a week. I'd have to do two outside NA meetings a month. No, two a month, something like that, and then test six times a month. So I'm testing at least once a week, sometimes twice. And again, it was a six-month program, but it took me 18 months to complete. So you do the math. I popped a couple dirties because I may not have been using, but you know, I was still dabbling in stuff. And and I had been at a friend's house and weighing up dope without gloves on. It gets in your skin, and when you lick your fingers, you're ingesting it. You know, and you still pop dirty. And so they sent me to. They told me they were going to violate me or send me to. An inpatient rehab here in San Diego and I'd have to do a 90-day program uh, and I got to that program it was up on Marlborough Street anybody that knows San Diego it's crash community resources and self-help and and I'm grateful for that program you know even though I didn't I didn't want to comply with it I was there a couple of days and, and I was irritable and discontent and my counselor sat me down and told me that your your probation officer told me that if you don't complete this program he's going to violate you and you're going to do that year or whatever time you got hanging over your head and I didn't want to go back to jail I didn't like being locked up There was nothing about being locked up that I liked so I I settled down and did what was asked you know they had groups every day that we had to attend and while we were in that program we, they had us work our first three steps and I was in the house for about 73 days and and doing all right, and they, they graduated me out and put me into aftercare, and I completed the aftercare. I ended up completing that program, right, um, and, and did everything that that was needed to be done, and then had to go back to the probationers in recovery group and finish that out. And that's how it ended up taking me 18 months to complete. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, I forget when my first clean date was. It was sometime in 1992, but uh, part of my probation requirements is I had to get a legitimate job where I'm paying taxes and being that responsible member of society and one of the guys, uh, that was in, in groups with me, he worked for a company that did, um, uh, it was a contractor that did, uh, jobs for the city of San Diego. They would go into city facilities like libraries <coughs> and pump stations and city operations yards and, and do custodial work and he got me, he got me hooked up with them from that. You know i'm going to meetings I'm, I'm doing recovery events the dances and recovery softball and other things and, and i'm not really working a, an honest pro well i'm not really working a program right i i would get a sponsor and i'd work steps one two three and then change sponsors because i was afraid of that fourth you know i did that for a while and and i'm working at this job and i'm meeting bosses with the city of san diego and and they're uh they're encouraging me to get on on a list to get hired with the city of san diego and and i took their advice and i got on on a couple of lists and i had an interview i got picked up as a laborer for the brush management crew in 1996 with the city of san diego and you know and life was getting good was going well and i had met a girl and you know we were been dating we got had a daughter together she was out on a pass and ended up knocking her up and you know, got married a couple of years later. Well, actually, my daughter was nine months old when we got married, and, and and you know I was starting to get all those things in life because I was living clean. I wasn't working a, a program though. Looking back, I wasn't working a program. Then I thought I was, but we, you know I was doing all the stuff that was asked. I was staying clean. wasn't putting alcohol in my body. wasn't putting drugs in my body, and and things went well for another four or five years. Sometime in early two thousand. 2001 we bought a house she had started drinking again and when she drank she was violent and um, she'd like to fight and she didn't care who it was and you know there were a few instances of the police being called for domestic violence and it was it was a, a, as a man it's hard for me to say but it was reverse domestic violence right and 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 i had a job at the city and i i would block her throw punches i would push her away I would do this I would do that because I didn't want to get charged with DV but it wasn't good you know and uh, sometime in July of 2002 we had a fight I went to leave on my truck and she came outside the side door and she uh, she hit my driver's side rearview mirror and cut her hand and bled all over the driveway and, and uh, that was the last fight we had and I walked out you know and we separated and she took the kids and moved to Washington and, and I moved in with my brother and started doing this thing and you know, looking back, the relapse started long before I picked up. You know, it was, I was drinking O'Douls and, and shooting pool Sunday nights in, in the league and, and at hanging out in bars and, you know, not doing the recovery thing because I, after, after getting the job with the city, um, I started going to school out of, and, and taking some classes at Southwestern College. And, and again, you know, I was doing those other things other than recovery. It wasn't keeping my recovery first and foremost. When, when that separation happened, I uh, thought at the time that I only had problem with narcotics, and if I drank, it would be okay. I remember taking that first drink; it was a Corona, and it tasted good. And a few weeks later, it's a Corona and some Jack Daniels. And then a couple weeks later, it was some Corona and then some Jack Daniels. And oh, here's a line of meth. Let's start all over again, you know. And that relapse lasted from 2002. To 2008, and I don't like to talk about war stories, but there's a couple of key things that happened during that relapse that I like to talk about because it just shows the insanity in in the disease for me. And and I couldn't at the time. I just again I thought it was fun, right? I was partying, I was having a good time. Um, and one of them was I was had been shooting pool. Uh, it was late. I had gone to this girl's house after pool that I was trying to hook up with. Stuff wasn't happening, so I decided to go home at two o'clock in the morning driving my truck eastbound on an eastbound freeway and then heading south on a southbound freeway as I merged onto the southbound I nodded out and the truck veered to the right and up an embankment and I came down through one of the highway signs that's along the freeway you know the four by six posts that those signs are knocked in and and my truck hit it and the sign went flying over the top of it and I it's like two o'clock in the morning and I bounced back onto the freeway and skipping over a couple of lanes and that's kind of when i woke up when i'm bouncing across the freeway and, and i thought it was funny i woke up and i thought it was funny because i had maintained control thank god i didn't hit anybody i didn't crash into anything else i didn't kill myself or somebody else and, and and i got the truck home and i pulled in the i didn't even pull in the driveway i pulled it up onto the grass in front of the house and it's 2 o'clock in the morning i'm making a lot of noise laughing because i thought it was hilarious and uh The next morning my girlfriend gets me up to go to work and we have to pull the fender away from the tire so it doesn't rub because this was an f-150 step side four-wheel drive truck right decent sized tires on it not lifted super high but but i smashed that that passenger side fender into the tire and uh, i didn't think that that i had a problem i just oh i i nodded out right um, another instance was after work on a friday i went to the bar again back at a bar Right, shooting pool with some girls that I shouldn't have been at the bar with, and left the bar and was going to go through a Carl's Jr. drive-through to eat something before I drove home, and went through the Carl's Jr. through so I can uh, get something to eat before I drove home, and ended up nodding off in the drive-through, and the truck rolled a little bit and hit the uh, building, and I woke up to, sir, get out of the vehicle, San Diego PD knocking on my window, and and that was in 2007, and I went for a DUI then. And, and by this time in my relapse, my job—I had promoted a couple of times—and I'm a supervisor in Balboa Park. I'm a grounds maintenance supervisor, supervising a crew. And 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 that relapse—I I, I wasn't a good employee. I wouldn't show up for work. I'd call out a lot. Um, I'd come in hungover, and it was just—it was just horrible. You know, that was the beginning of 2007, and it was still another year of this insanity. Uh, beginning of 2008. I had that kind of moment of clarity and, and uh, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning and it was it was one of those nights where I had been using and drinking and couldn't go to sleep and it was almost time for me to get up and go to work and I'm just laying in bed like a fish just flip-flopping back and forth and I'm like, God, something's got to change in my life because I can't keep living like this, you know, and that was at the beginning of 2008 and finally uh, June June 10th, I had a motorcycle accident I, I hadn't been using. I'd been at work, and a guy made a left turn in front of me and clipped. I, I swerved to avoid him, but still clipped him and hit his hit his bumper and ended up in the hospital for a few days. But prior to that, my girlfriend had gotten busted, and she was doing a program, and, and she had popped a couple of dirties. They, they sent her to a 15-day detox. And so, so June 10th, I had this accident, I'm still using after I get out of the hospital for a few days. She has to go to detox, so she's not at home helping take care of me. I'm left, you know, kind of alone, trying to trying to hobble around on 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 uh, one leg because my foot right foot's broken. She's doing her 15 day detox. She always told me that I was an asshole three days after I stopped using. Right, Monday, June 30th, 2008. I got up that morning and I made a conscious decision not to drink or get loaded, or put anything in my body because that Friday, July fourth, she was getting out of the, out of the fifteen day, and this is where really my recovery began because you know I, I we our, our master plan was to to stay clean long enough for both of us to get our DUI programs behind us so that we can start using and going back to our normal lives. Right, and that that Friday was July fourth. She got out. We make you know we stayed clean through the weekend. Tuesday night, July fourth, fifth, sixth. Tuesday, Tuesday, July eighth. Um, I was at a meeting at at one of the local Alano clubs here in San Diego, and I heard this guy sharing, and and uh, he was sharing some stuff that I had only thought of thought I thought about. You know, he was sharing about being so desperate and so burnt out and dead inside that you just want to end your life and you get in, on your motorcycle and you get in front of that semi and you let off on the gas and you let that semi run you over but you're going to be end up being that one percent that that ends up living on life support and and i had these thoughts in my mind and i thought you know what this guy relates i relate with this guy i, I got his number that night i asked him about sponsorship he said here call me tomorrow and call me for two weeks and we'll see what we're going to do and i got home that night and 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 i knew what i wanted to do you know and i called him and i said hey i'm not waiting until tomorrow i'm calling you now and and that that's the beginning of my recovery and uh you know i worked i worked all 12 steps with that man he he was big on being of service he didn't he didn't ever ask me to do anything that he didn't do he didn't tell me i had to do anything he drugged me around and he showed me these things that he did to stay sober. And, and so that's the things that I do to stay sober. Um, so anyway, that, that was, that was in 2008, 2009. Um, since then, he's, he's moved to out of state and we still to stay in contact. And I've had a couple of different sponsors at about two and a half years clean. I decided I wanted to work that and that he was a sponsor in AA and, and I decided I wanted to work. Steps in the NA Fellowship, and I got a sponsor there, and, and I was working steps with him. And, and it was funny because the step-working packet that he used had had me reading out of all four books, right? Had me reading out of the NA Basic Text, the It Works How and Why, the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and the 12 and 12. It was a, it was a combination. It was a great set of steps. During that process, I lost my, my dad and my uncle and my stepdad all within a six-month period. And, and I didn't think about using once during that that time you know I, I reached out to uh, to my support group and and I stayed close to the fellowship and and I got through that moving through through my recovery th- moving through the process a couple more sponsors later I, uh, I'm getting close to retirement with the city of San Diego by the way that job that wanted to fire me because I wasn't coming into work in 2014 they promoted me and I'm now the grounds maintenance manager for City of San Diego and Mission Bay Park, and I get to oversee a, a work unit of 50 people. And without being in recovery, I wouldn't have the tools to deal with what I have to deal with at work, you know. Um, 2017, I'm in the, uh, in the narco I'm at the Narcotics Anonymous convention at the main speaker. And, and I get a call that my mom's in, in, uh, the hospital down in Chula Vista, and she went in for pneumonia. So we go down, we leave, we leave the, the convention we go down to see her and and you know she had waited too long to go to the hospital and she was having complications from it but the guy that was running the palliative care team down at Scripps Hospital um, and this is a god shot right this this when when I was in my relapse um, the city was sending me to employees assistance program EAP and I had a counselor there and and I would have to go see this guy every couple of weeks. And, you know, he'd ask me about my drinking. And I told him, ah, it's just social. It's okay. And I was, again, another having another conversation with somebody about my drinking and drugging. And, and I'm in denial about it. And, and he's sitting on the other side of the table, you know, and, and he couldn't, due to confidentiality and, and his, his contract with the city, he couldn't divulge with me that he's a member of Narcotics Anonymous. And after I got clean, I, I ended up seeing him at a meeting. <clears throat> and and so when when my mom and so when my mom's in the hospital he's part of that palliative care team that's taking care of her and he's also my sponsor at that time because my first sponsor hadn't moved to kansas and and mark is now my sponsor and and uh he helped walk me through this process that that my mom had to go through she went in on april 14th and by may 4th she passed away you know and uh he he was he was a big influence on on helping me get through that that process without thinking about getting loaded you know and i'm grateful for that what's happened since then since then club that i ride with i started riding with them in 2011 so i almost have i have almost 10 years of riding with this club in 2014 i was made secretary at the end of 17 beginning of 18 uh, i was made president this december i'm i'm completing a my fourth year as president, um, we had elections last month. They voted me in for another two-year term, and, and I'm grateful to be able to to be of service to my club. It's what I like to do. I like to ride motorcycles and have fun and, and give back to the community. And today we're hosting our blanket, our annual blanket run, and it's just it's just a good feeling to give back to the community that I took from for so long. Um, another thing that that's happened in recovery is 2014 we ended up being gifted a bureau of land management mustang um and i get to ride horses i get to ride harleys and horses today when when i work with when i work with my horse my my head's got to be in the right frame of mind because you're you're on a you're on an animal a living being that that has thoughts of their own too and you have to be in control of that and if you come home from work and you're tired and had a bad day and you get on that horse you're going to end up getting hurt and bucked off and and it's just been a nice, it's been a, the relationship that I have with my horses is has been a very beneficial one. And uh, I, I am getting close to running out of things to say. Um, thank you for letting me share. <laughs> thank you, Jack. <Jeff.
0: laughs> that was it for tonight from the Messengers of Recovery, Riverside. Make sure you tune in next week.